This episode of She's Taking Over is dedicated to 2024, finding your focus to the new year and making sure that the year starts as strong as possible for you. And that means resetting your focus, coming back to what really matters, your founder's vision, your business, your business vision, and of course, as a person as well, so that you can make sure that you are working towards the most authentic version of your business as possible and delivering on the result that it is that you claim to achieve or the result that you know that you can achieve for people. And I feel with the year coming to an end and the the Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales kicking off, the challenge market booming, and of course, people checking out for their silly season. Now is a really great time to establish some strong foundations to how you plan to grow and run your business in the new year. And I thought I would just give you some focal points, what I would be focusing on as a founder in business for the new year. And the first most important thing is results. What is it that you are really selling and is it working? Is your service, is your system, is your offering working? And the only way that you're really going to know is context and feedback. So if you're totally new and you've just kind of launched or you spent this year working on your business and you've serviced a few clients and you're starting out, it doesn't necessarily mean, or it definitely doesn't mean that you need to change things for the new year. It means that we need to identify how we can continue to deliver on that result in a better way. And people fail to estimate. People fail to understand the importance of their market and the feedback that you can get from the people that are in your market. Now, these people don't necessarily have to have paid you yet. They don't have to be paying clients. They don't have to be um, leads even. You can survey your audience and you can survey the consumers or clients that are currently active in this space, potentially using another provider supplier or working with somebody else and ask them what it is that they like, what it is that they don't like, what what do they feel they could um, use to grow or to work towards their results in a better way. And using valuable market insight from the industry that you are in, or of course, your clients, your previous clients, they're going to be the greatest source of learning. People are so quick to identify areas that they they think they can change. Founders are quick to create new campaigns to sell what they sell. But what they don't often do is go to their market and ask their market, what is it that you wish you had? What is it that you love? And how can we take this data and this feedback and run with it? And in your business, the one thing that I would suggest that you really do set up for the new year is the ability to access this data and this feedback with ease, knowing what's working by creating automating surveys and gathering feedback along every step of the customer journey. What is the emotion that your clients are feeling at that stage? What do they wish that they had? What do they um, love about that stage of their journey? And what do they uh, feel that you could improve upon? This information will allow you to continue to better and further uh, the experience that you've created essentially to allow your clients to achieve those best results possible. So having a real strong uh, bias for feedback and automating the 
experience surveys, whether it's halfway or the end of experience, obviously onboarding. And of course, you can disguise this so well in business. When somebody signs up with you, you can ask why now? Why me? What made you take action today? Um, how do you feel about your goals? How do you feel about your, your, your problems? What is it that you're looking to really achieve from our relationship together? And identifying trends. If you are noticing that your leads are coming to you with the same problem, this could form a campaign that you used and and change the messaging so that you can really further narrow your niche by using the goals and the values and the pain points that your leads have expressed to you because we know that like attracts like and success leaves clues. So if you've just converted one person, ask them, as many questions as you can and then use their answers to then create the wording around your next week of content, your social media content, because that wording and that language is a strong indicator of what your market is really looking for compared to what it is that you are selling. And I said this the other day, I see a lot of coaches using coach talk and coach talk appeals to coaches. And then if you're wondering why you're not getting leads, it's because you're not appealing to the ideal market that you have. And secondly, of course, context. If you are reviewing the year that was 2023 and using 2023 to set benchmarks and goals for 2024, then what you really need to understand is the feedback and the data that you are that you are looking at and use it with context. So have you been speaking to 100 people? Did you get 100 no's? Have you been reaching out to your market? Have you been doing everything that you can to aggressively attack content creation and lead generation? And is the market size that you are working with a true indicator of the ideal client that you are looking to work with? So this can be tricky, especially if you're a face-to-face trainer or if you're working um, in a current business that you are looking to elevate or change. If you want to change your consumer, which is a great strategy in business to grow. If you want to go after a higher caliber of client that respects and demands a higher level of service, which of course means a more valuable service and your current lead base or current client base is not there, then I would consider looking at your competitors in the space that you wish to elevate into and looking at the consumers in that space and reaching out to them and saying, hey, do you mind if I ask you a few short questions? Of course, you can incentivize this with money if you have money. Otherwise, it's time. It's putting time into nurturing that relationship and saying, do you mind doing me a favor? I just need 30 seconds of your time or 90 seconds of your time to fill in this survey and tell me more about you. Because it's your messaging that really will set set you apart. It's your messaging that will cut through an industry that is so popular and so crowded. And it doesn't mean it's saturated and it's too late. If you walk through Woolworths or Coles or your grocery store or your pharmacy store or any supplement warehouse near you, there are going to be hundreds of the same sort of skew, right? Maybe not hundreds, but there's an abundance of protein powders in this world already. There's so many different kinds of toothpaste or painkillers or the things that people are already using and buying in your market. So what is it or in a market? So what is it about 
uh, one particular product that makes it boom? What is it about one particular product that makes it take off? And that is relatability to the market. In business, I always say it's just make people like you and make people pay you. And it sounds so simple, but it's true. And in order to really be liked by your target audience, they need to understand you. They need to see what you're saying and go, yep, get get it. She's speaking to me. He's speaking to me. This person really understands what I'm looking for. And that comes with your messaging. So when you're setting your marketing strategy or focus for 2024, using the results that you've gathered already using the market feedback, the data and the insights, choose wording that aligns with the ideal client that you are looking to attract. And of course, fish where the fish are. Choose platforms that those people are active on and create content relevant to those people's pain points. So really, it then becomes about context. Your marketing campaign If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Are you pushing your messaging and pushing your product or service to a group of people that are completely disinterested in what you sell? Personally, I've seen this a lot with my personal Instagram. This was an Instagram I've had for 10 or 12 years since whenever it started in 2008. And I was a bodybuilder. I was a growing woman and everybody has gotten to watch me grow. And here I am now with my my business and my offering that doesn't necessarily align to the audience that I have. Does that mean that it doesn't have product market fit? No, it means that I need to uh, position myself in a way to the people that are aligned with what I'm selling. And then of course, create a way to capture that audience whilst it's much smaller compared to the amount of followers that I do have. It's about funneling the interested people into the right place. So if you're feeling like your message is not landing with your audience, you need to change your message and you need to change your audience. It doesn't always mean it's the product, right? If you are selling a result and the result could be a pro card. Maybe you want to work with bodybuilders and you want to sell a healthy comp prep for women, right? Then essentially you need to look at your audience because if your audience has always been gem pop fat loss, they're not necessarily going to land with the message that you are saying. So, or the message that you are presenting. Now that then means, do you find product for your people or do you find people for your products? We don't love to find people for our products. We want to solve our people's problem right? And this is where it is important to understand that when you are a personal brand, people will show up and people will follow you because they relate to you to a degree. So choose the market that is relatable to you. If you're starting out, invest in proximity and leverage your own success to appeal to that audience. I have a commerce degree. I worked in corporate. I used to sell pest control and hygiene services. And then I went into uh, pharmaceuticals and FMCG market, creating superfoods and weight loss products um, in Australian pharmacy and grocery, and of course, actually also around the world. Now, I leveraged my passion for fitness because I had attracted an audience of people who were also interested in fitness based on the content that I was sharing. So you get what you give. I did a really cool podcast with Lane Norton talking about how you can elevate your brand and change your image in the market. How can you change your consumer by changing your image? And it can be done, but it's just a slow approach. If you flip every 30 seconds, every six months from one thing to another, then people are going to be really confused about what it is that you sell. So when you do see people go from uh, 
uh, I don't know, fitness coach, mindset coach, business coach, whatever it is, it can take a while for that to really land, for you to firmly build that association in your audience's mind of what it is that you do. So that being said, your current audience that you are working with, if this is who you are selling to, if you're working for your first $100,000 or if you're working for your first six figures in annual revenue, then it's really a case of solving the people's problems that are in your existing network and ecosystem and then using the proof that you could solve those problems to then leverage your success into a new market. That's when you can then invest in proximity and tap into a new market that is not too dissimilar from the current market that you are serving, leveraging the results and saying, look how many women I help get fat loss results. Now we can help you build, right? So it is a bit of a stepping stone approach. And if that is something that you are looking to do in 2024, the key tip that I have for you is that you get what you give. So you need to continue to show up and embody yourself or embody the version of you that that you want to be known as. And this is where content marketing is so important. I was just watching a YouTube video from Gary B talking about what his tips and predictions are for 2024. I highly recommend it. And his tip is to be a media company first. Every business is a media company first. And when I was watching this, I was like, oh, really? I mean, creating content all the freaking time. And the reality is, yes, if you run a business, if you are a face-to-face PT or a local restaurant, you rely on people discovering you to pay you. Now, social media is free, which is the beauty of it. You can promote yourself on social media for free. It just takes time and you need to learn the skills of creating content or, of course, pay somebody to do it for you. However, if you were to embody that golden tip from one of the greats of our time in in marketing, become a media company first. You need to realize that you are your content and with context to your ideal client based off the feedback that you've gotten about why people like to work with you. If people are saying they like working with you because you're relatable, you're fun, they like the way you train or they like the way that you eat or whatever it is that you're doing, then that is what you need to show more of. So showing people your core values as a founder will help them to understand what mission it is and what vision it is that your business really has. And that is when you can attract a market that is suitable to what it is that you are selling. And that is what is called product market fit. So my focus for 2024, first and foremost, is getting results. Who is it that I want to work with and what is the ideal problem that I'm solving? And also, can I solve that problem? If you're not getting sales or leads, there may be an issue or an indicator that you haven't actually got enough proof that you can create the the results that you are claiming to. And if you've done it and it's just not out there, then you need to put it out there because people need to trust you. There's a no like and trust factor, which comes from tip number two, which is become a content factory. Your whole entire life is a content factory. It's shit, but it's true. If you're servicing clients in person or online, if you're spending time delivering your craft, there is an abundance of tools and resources that allows you to essentially amortize the time of that investment by creating multiple pieces of content from it these days, which makes it so easy to do. But of course, if you can't prove that you can deliver the result for the group of people that you claim to serve, then there's going to be like this cognitive dissonance between what you say you can do and proof that you can actually do it. People more than ever have sales resistance 
we on social media are being sold to all the time because we are so empowered to create our ideal business. Everybody can sell something now, whether you're a makeup artist selling makeup courses, do it yourself or elevate your career or a coach selling a result for fat loss or training or business coaching or mindset coaching, whatever it is, everybody is trying to make money and elevate their life and and help others, right? And I love that about our world. I love that we've almost gone back to this uh, small business era, you know, before multinational corporations monopolized the market and and, and all these big brands essentially uh, uh, bought all of this, the small mar and par stores to amalgamate them all into one big company and one big offering. If you look at how in economics history repeats itself, essentially where I feel we are now in the digital world is the rise of the small business, right? And, and, you are also seeing uh, platforms amalgamating small businesses where you've got all these creators in one place. And that is essentially like the rises of OnlyFans or, or Instagram to a degree with the monetization of paid content and platforms. So coming back to the small business owner on social media, knowing who you are working with, and then of course, the, the messaging in which appeals to them, using that to sh- position yourself as an authority in that space to build trust that you can deliver the result that they claim to so uh, that they claim to desire, and then of course leveraging proof. And if you have no proof, if you are a total startup, you can leverage yourself. Here's how I. Here's how I did this. Here's how I achieved this. Insert goal here. Here's how I overcame. Insert problem here. So using yourself to attract your first two, three, or five clients, and then building a super strong relationship with those clients, understanding what it is that they want, what makes them tick and how to help them, and then leveraging their journey every step of the way. It's not just about the result. People don't just want to see Susie holding her pro card. People want to know how she did it from the start. Where did she start? How did you keep her on track? How did she overcome all the challenges and pitfalls that people relate to, to achieve the goal that your ideal market essentially has. So it's about leverage and you can only really leverage yourself to a point that then people trust you, that then you can leverage the people that trusted you first to get more people like the people that trusted you first. And too many people, too many founders are are launching. They're putting their shit out there, their website, their product, their service, and then they're wondering where everybody is. But if you just opened an Italian restaurant on the corner of your street, how would people find out about it? Yeah, they might be driving past you every single day, but their favorite restaurants down the road, what's going to make them switch to you? How do they know that it's going to be a great experience? Why should they go out of their way to know, like, and trust you? So these core principles of building relatability, building trust, appealing to the right audience, and then proving, showing the, the, the visibility into the result that you achieve is so important. So more product visibility, more visibility and insight into how it is that you do what you do. And of course, content marketing, attacking content marketing. You can write, you can speak, or you can film, or you could do all of those. And there's so many platforms now that allow you to take one long form piece of content, whether it's a video or a podcast. And then of course you create reels, you can create emails, you can create LinkedIn posts, Facebook posts, and then you can put it across all platforms. And You don't need a media production team anymore. There's so many systems and tools, whether you're using Riverside or Opus Pro, captions, 
Cast Magic, all of these platforms that allow you to uh, essentially cut up content, create written content, and then distribute it. That is what you should be focusing on. And if this feels overwhelming to you, you need to realize the game that you are playing. You want to run an online business, but you don't want to invest any time in learning skills to manage online systems or tools, and you don't have money to pay people to help you do it. Doesn't make sense, does it, right? So you get to choose. You either learn how to be a leader and hire people to do it for you that costs money and you want to run a business a little bit like a dinosaur at the start, or you lean on people essentially, whether it's an agency model and you you recruit help for the, the first period of time to get your systems in place. But then it's your responsibility to learn how to use those systems and to delegate your time so that you can make the most out of those systems as well. So If you are running a business, which you are, that is why you are here, and your goal is to grow in 2024, those are my golden tips. Focus on the result that you are getting for the group of people whose problem that you are solving and leverage the absolute hell out of yourself to appeal to that group of people. And of course, then leverage the results that you've achieved for this group of people using the data continuously so that you are pioneering. You've got a market first approach and you can continue to make changes based on the truth, the actual accurate data that you're getting back from every client moving through your experience is so important. And then of course, investing, investing your time and money into the things that are going to generate the most income. I love income producing activity. I always talk about this, but essentially if learning how to create 10 pieces of content a week, is going to allow you to generate more engaged leads and then of course sales, then that is a really great use of your time. And if that is what you should be focused on right now, then potentially you can outsource the build of your systems, your websites, your sales pages and all the rest. But it's about understanding where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are and what's needed to grow and help you position yourself in a way that is going to really cut through on the right platform. So Yes, the result, the product that really needs to be prioritized. You need to do what you say you're going to do. And we want to be able to prove that undoubtedly with the marketing and the messaging that we need to invest into to grow. So if you are working to grow in 2024, I would love to hear what your goals are. Where do you feel that you fall short? Just send me a DM on Instagram. I'm so happy to chat to you guys as always. And of course, if you found this helpful, please do leave a review. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of She's Taking Over.